Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Graveyard shift. I don't know. Whenever you're listening to this, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. It's Howie Spangler. This is Tales from the Green Room. This is episode number 79. I'm having a good time. I'm, uh, you know, we're almost up to 80 and then it'll be 100, hopefully. I mean, this has just been so great. Thank you all for listening. Um, today on the show, I've got Drew Dockerill. Uh, he used to play in a band called Way for Green. Uh, we played some shows with those guys back in the day. And now he has a podcast called uh, Song Thrive. And he talks to guests about the songwriting process and more. What goes into that. Um, so definitely check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll have the uh, the link in the description here. Um, Ballyhoo's playing some shows, everybody. Playing some shows. Uh, and I don't have it pulled up. I should, see, I need, to, I need to work on my... I gotta have all this stuff. I have... I got the mic right here in front of the the computer, and I just, I don't load everything up before I start recording. Here we go, July 25th, House of Independence, Asbury Park, New Jersey. Get on it. Come hang out. Always fun. Uh, The shows go, man, you you New Jersey kids, go wild, man. Some fucking drinkers out there, and we appreciate it. July 26th, Union Jacks, Gaithersburg, Maryland. July 27th, Old Town Pub, Leonardtown, Maryland. Uh, August 6th, we're going to be out with uh, with Revolution. Okay, I did this on the last time. I mentioned this. Uh, all these following shows are with Revolution. Uh, August 6th, Asheville, North Carolina. August 8th, Baltimore, Maryland. August 9th, Raleigh, North Carolina. August 10th, Virginia Beach. And August 11th, Hanahan, South Carolina. All those shows are with Revolution. Last time I said that, and I was like, with Revolution, with Re- after everything. It was silly. It was dumb. I'm in a goofy mood today. Uh, August 14th, we're going to be at Secrets in Ocean City. So fun. Come to that. Uh, August 17th, the Tiki Bar in Solomon's Island. Is it the island or is it just Solomon's? I don't know. I don't know. But somewhere near there, Southern Maryland. And then uh, heading out west to join Pacifier and Cashed Out for the summer brouhaha. Uh, August 23rd, we're going to be in Vegas at the Brooklyn Bowl. And then uh, August 24th, we're, do- we're all doing Reggae Rise Up together in Hebrew City, Utah. Uh, and then uh, jump back on the tour. August 25th, at Reef in Boise. August 27th, at Crocodile in Seattle. Uh, August 28th, Star Theater in Portland. August 29th, the Domino Room in Bend, Oregon. Dry Diggings Festival, August 30th in Placerville, California. And then Bakersfield, and then Bullhead City, Arizona, and then Dallas, Austin, Houston, New Orleans. Yeah. A lot happening. A lot happening next few months. Um, Working on new music. Hope to have info for you soon, but that songwriting session was so fun last week. Came out with two solid songs. Yeah, more info coming. Uh, word go to howiespangler.com hit up the uh, the store pick up some podcast merch we got some really cool stuff for the summer line this this time we got the, the big pineapple on there with the X's on the eyes and real pretty real real nice real nice design I've seen it I've seen it pictures in the wild of people wearing it very cool thank you very much for the support uh, if you want to support the podcast further you can go to uh, talesfromthegreenroom.com and hit the support the podcast button see your options there uh, hit me on Instagram, leave me a voicemail, let me know what's going on in your life, ask me a question, whatever you whatever you got, Howie Spangler at Instagram. Uh, and let's do this. Let's, let's, yeah, let's do podcasting, po- po- podcasting, podcasting. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ, here we go. what's going on man how you doing good howie thanks for having me man sick appreciate the uh <laughs> the opportunity yeah man thanks for staying on me i it's been hard to nail this down i've been super stupid busy lately i know i saw i've, I've been following your instagram stories it looks like you were at a concert last night oh yeah man i went and saw blink last Is night that right yeah i took <laughs> took the uh took the fam and went and saw blink uh witnessed witnessed in person uh little wayne quitting the tour <laughs> really uh, <laughs> what no i don't know he i quit the t- <clears throat> it uh that's what all the articles are saying but 
you know, I guess it remains to be seen if he shows up tonight for, for their next gig. But yeah, he was on stage wow. for about like 20 minutes and, um, he just stopped. He was like, all right, this is, you know, this isn't my vibe, not exact words, but, and he just like, all right, thank you so much. And he just put the mic down and walked off stage and the band jammed out because he, he brought a band with him and, yeah. and the band did this big finish. Uh, I heard him say to his DJ, like, go to, you know, whatever the last song, go to the, you know, the last song, go to that. And the DJ like was like, oh, and he ran ran back to his tables and and then I don't know, got everybody on the last song. Yeah, it was weird. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. kind of cool that you guys got to see that though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, drama, the drama unfold. Yeah, it was weird. He, he he wasn't having a good time. Like you could kind of tell like two songs and he was going into the motions. He he may have played like five songs. Like it was Too pretty lean for that man. Oh, so weird, man. I, like <laughs> so, some people like sat in trap like we it we took us three and a half hours to get there it's normally like an hour 40 to get there and it took three and a half hours because like this awful like got hit by several thunderstorms in a row like really bad um it got super dark and the rain was just smashing down it was wild and uh so crazy you know imagine driving around the 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 dc belt loop that way it was crazy sets the mood How, how is blink they were great. It was awesome. They, yeah, yeah I had a I had a great time uh, <clears throat> watching them. They came out and they played uh, en- "Enema of the State" front to back, and uh, it, it, that's awesome. a it, that record's twenty years old now, which is weird to say, but um, yeah, they killed it. They they opened up with Dumpweed and just went. It was it was so fun. And my son was right there. He was he was having a great time. It was awesome. That's amazing, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's one of the few bands from the '90s that just keep keeps going you know it's I yeah think they're even cool now to the new generation like they they know all about them so it's i wasn't sure how it felt yeah i wasn't sure how yeah. i felt about their their new stuff um yeah. i enjoyed the last record they did uh when matt skiba joined uh that song bored to death i thought that record was yeah. good the stuff they did with john feldman and uh, i think they're still working with john but um the new single blaming on blaming on my youth at first i was like eh, i don't know kind of had this cool 80s vibe to it um, yeah. and then, and then the hook just kind of gets into you and I'm like, all right, this is cool. And they played it last night and just kind of solidified it for me. It's like, okay, this is cool. I like the direction. Um, but I think, I think about this a lot, especially when I'm talking to people on the pod, but like, uh, there's not one platform anymore to explode on. It's multiple platforms, right? And yeah. you have multiple, that means you have multiple audiences because not everybody is on the same platform anymore. Um, right. And so, you know, somebody might have Spotify, but then someone else might watch stuff on YouTube Red or whatever, YouTube Music, whatever it's called now. Um, or you might be just a SoundCloud fan and you don't have Spotify or anything. And it's, so it's, uh, which leads me to talk about some other things too, about how artists should put their stuff everywhere. Um, For sure. But uh, it's not like it, like it was MTV and radio. That's like where you broke, right? And if you got played on MTV... And you were put in a rotation, like that was it, explosion. And right. nowadays, MTV really doesn't exist, at least not in the form it used to. It's not as valuable to artists. And uh, that this is all pre-streaming. And so now, I don't think there's going to be more, more, more explosions like that. I really don't. Like, you're not going to have your Blink 182s and your Green Days and your you know whoever else. You'll still have like the you're, you know, the pop stars that come out like Cardi B seem to come out of nowhere, you know, and then um, Drake's been doing his thing for a long time. Like that, you're, you're going to have your, like your Beyonce's and things like that here and there, but you're not going to have like this big explosion of, of artists in that way. It's going to feel more grassroots. Yeah. You know, um, for sure. Yeah. It's going to take longer to come up. And I think the bands that were able to, to live that life, you know, ex- the way they blew up, like Blink, for example, in the late '90s and early 2000s, all those bands that that did that, they still they're still able to go out there and sell a bunch of tickets, you know, or, or at least a handful of them. Some of the music hasn't aged well, you know, some of these artists. Yeah. But some the bands that are able to adapt and keep moving forward, they're the ones that, that are going to survive. I mean, that's just evolution, right? That's basically how it works. Yeah. You adapt and you you survive. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting that you say that because I mean, my personal experience with uh 
with leading the band, you know, my, my band that kind of disbanded in 2013, wait for green. Um, we, it's interesting cause we started in 06 and at that time it was definitely, um, all about labels and all that kind of stuff. Like we put out, a an EP in college, we were at FSU and we put out an EP with a label called Beeler Brothers out of Pompano Beach, Florida. I remember them. And they were... They had Skindred. Yeah, they were... We were talking to them. Yeah, Skindred and Nonpoint, a couple others. We were talking to them, and um, I was so set on, like, getting signed and that whole thing. I remember one of our drummer went out to California for a summer, and he was working for a label called Suretone. I don't know if you've heard of them. They, they, they basically were, like, Shwayze and all this kind of stuff popped up. It was run by this guy, Jordan. Um, and at that point I was like, this is it, you know, like we're, we're going to get signed. And I, I got word we were getting signed. Wait for game was going to get a record deal. And I was like, oh my God, it never ended up happening at, at either of the, um, labels because I think there were, there were, you know, some doubts on the style. And at that point, indie and emo were huge and we weren't that, you know, so we were, we were a risk being like the alternative funk reggae style. But then, you know, we kept pushing past that. And it's funny because looking back, it's like if we would have got signed, it would have been a shorter run. It would have been, you know, I really believe it would have just been like a quick blip um, that the label ended up folding. They dropped everyone on it like two years later. So we ended up just staying independent. And it's just funny because my experience, we were kind of like on the in-between. We 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 ended the band um you know, in 2013. So our most active years were 09, uh, or 06 really through like 2012, but 09 is when we, when we moved to California. So at that point we were still, you know, we were in LA, we had label execs coming and check us out. Like I remember the whole thing was all about labels. There wasn't really Spotify. There wasn't really Instagram. So it was just like, what do you do as an artist? So it was just crazy for us looking back, like, it's really cool that you guys were going during that time, but now, you know, you're also still going. So it's like you, everything came up after 2013, things start to start to get a little better. Um, and it's cool because all my new music that I'm dropping, I'm able to learn about the new way. And it's, it's, there's a formula now. Um, so I think that like my personal experience, you know, it's crazy because we, we were in this in-between time. There wasn't, everything was trying to figure itself out. It was all about Facebook, which was really weird and short-lived. Um, we were even going when MySpace was a thing back in like 06, 07. Um, so we kind of saw it all, but I think at this point we're kind of, um, I'd have to just to bring it full circle. I agree. I think that ultimately music is so saturated right now that labels are not looking to develop bands. That's the major thing that's really changed, I think, from um, the 90s and even early 2000s, 80s, all that kind of stuff, is that, you know, they used to look at it as if you had talent, they'd, you know, they'd run you through the gutter for two or three years, let you put out a couple shit albums and hope that that third album would hit. And that was kind of the, the way that they did it. And now it's like labels really just want to jump in when it's already making a lot of money and they just want to expand that money. So for independent artists, it's a very interesting time. Um, and I've been listening to the podcast and I think that you've hit it right on the head with like, it's all about playlists. It's all about playlists and um, how well you can capitalize on this new you know landscape that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, I, I, th I think radio still works, uh, to a degree. Um, <clears throat> it's always been a, uh, volatile industry, um, with, you know, they'll change the, the big suits will come in and they'll change formats on a dime and the, the, the DJs and the staff will not know what's happening and they'll just, they'll just get fired one morning. You know, that that's happened. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot and people are always, I see, I see DJ friends from, from over the years that I've met, you know, become acquainted with, I, I see them at other stations every couple of years, you know, bouncing around. Um, I mean, it's because the stations are freaking out because they, they just want to play the big bands now, you know, that 
breaking new bands, there, there's not a lot of stations, not a lot of big stations that will take that chance. It's mostly when you, when you put it on one of the major stations now, they're playing like 90s stuff, you know? <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm hearing Green Day and, and, and Blink and like there's a station around here that still plays ACDC and Metallica, you know, like um, there's not For a sure. lot of, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff in the alternative landscape, I think, but it all sounds the same to me. You know, a lot of it is is very programmed and dance oriented, and um, it's different. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of radio lately. Um, last couple of years, yeah. And that's just because everybody is is on the streaming now. You know, it's ten bucks a month, and they're getting any song they want whenever they want. People love, you know, on demand. They love what they want when they want it. Um, Spotify playlists are the new radio. You know, yep. they're they're curated by these pros at at Spotify, and uh, if you're lucky to get on one, it can really make a difference. It really can. There there are some playlists that if you get on that playlist, like you're gonna get a million streams. You know, um, for sure. You have to be a certain kind of artist. You have to it has to be the right timing. You know, it's there's a lot of things that go into it. Someone has to find you. You know, I, I don't I don't know how. We ended up on the Soak Up the Sun playlist with uh, Mixtape. I think Girls is on there as well. I don't know how we ended up on it, but we're there and we've been there for like three years. It's been great. (laughs) It's it's amazing. Like, I'm so grateful that they've had us on there. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it it will not. And Walk Away is on several playlists that are Spotify editorial. Um, You know, I think... I've heard that once you get in, you're sort of like, you're there in that space now. You kind of live there. And if, if your next single is remotely, you know, the, the vibe or, or, or is good, you have a better chance of getting on. Now, we didn't, with our last release, Renegade, I was, I was like sure we were going we were gonna to get on uh, one of the playlists yeah. with it because it's like, it's reggae and it's chill. Um, a little aggressive uh subject matter and stuff but uh it was really weird what happened um i've I've seen this now other artists are doing this um and we did this with tropodelic friends of ours uh their new record was coming out a new single was coming out and they matt reached out to me their, their singer and he asked me if it would be cool if the song that i featured on with them their song um if they could basically make Ballyhoo a main artist along with Tropodelic. And what that does, I, I was like, I said, yeah, that, that's cool, you know, because our single wasn't coming out that week. Um, right. And what that does is uh, it puts their song on our page. So it looks like a new Ballyhoo song when it comes out. So right. when people they go, oh, interesting. The Works by Ballyhoo and Tropodelic, what is this? And they listen. And it gets a bunch of streams, you know, because we get a lot of streams when we put stuff out. And uh, what had happened was um, <laughs> the when you when you uh, put a single out, it, you up to seven days before you release it, um, you can submit it for Spotify editorial playlists. And you can tag it up. You can talk about it. Give a short blurb, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I had done that with Renegade. But then once they did that, they submitted their song as well on their end. But And that canceled out my submission for Renegade. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't know that was going to happen. And I'm, I'm glad we did it because now I know, you know. And I'm happy to help those guys. Like, they're a great band and they work really hard. And um, it was a serious layup for them. And uh, I, I'm fine with it. But I won't do it again, especially when it's, so close because sure. our, our single yeah. came out a week later and uh, the submission was, I was able to submit like right after midnight um, when theirs came out, I think it was. And um, that was okay, but we didn't get on any playlists because I think what happened was, Oh, well we just put out a Ballyhoo song a week ago on a playlist. We're, you know, we don't, we're not gonna uh, put this new one on. You know what I mean, and yeah, for sure. And I know, I know they got on, uh, they got on two playlists. I know it was because of us because it was on the new punk songs and the uh, 
the essential ska, which but we're on both of those um, from previous releases. So it was just an automatic, like, oh, cool, this this song fits the the description, you know, and they just dropped it in, and that's a great song too. It's an awesome. It's called the Works. So oh yeah, I've heard. At, it. It's good. Yeah, as, as happy as I was to to help and do that, I, I you know I'll definitely think about it a lot harder and make sure that like it's nowhere near our release because at the end of the day, you got to look out for yeah. yourself, you know. For sure, yeah. That's I mean, a couple of things comes to mind just back to what you're talking about about radio um mm-hmm. it's funny because i was actually listening to the radio today um so i live in west palm and i'm i have the radio on um probably because my phone went to some random like soundcloud rapper page and i was like oh, okay enough of this so i went to radio and 105.9 was playing and it was um it's like a classic rock station and i haven't listened i don't listen to the radio for music you know, uh, I think for me personally, I think p- some people might agree is that I like what I like about radio. And I think where when those guys are actually going to start to get really scared and they're probably going to get wiped out is, is and I'm surprised Spotify isn't realizing this. I should probably work for them. <laughs> but um, it's the connection. It's the human connection. It's the fact that I'm listening to them talk. It's the stupidest stuff ever. Seriously. They're talking about texting and driving laws in Florida. They're talking about weird stories that happen around the state. Just like funny, goofy stuff. And it's daily. So it's it's a sense of connection that comes along with that. So I think that people like to listen to the radio still simply because the DJs are talking about relevant stuff in their area. Um, it's kind of like a live thing and there's like a human connection element to where if you're just on a Spotify playlist, it's, you don't get that at all. It's just music, which is great. But sometimes you want to just take a break and, and get a little talk radio, a little news. And, you know, so I think if Spotify realized that and did more like maybe let the curators run a station and let them do their own little podcast slash show with three people goofing off and making weird sounds and all that kind of stuff. They're going to kill radio. You know, that's what's going to kill radio because I think radio will never die until there's an alternative for that human element and that connection. Um, and then coming back to your, your point about the releases. Um, so currently, uh, I, as far as the music that I'm releasing now outside of wait for green, my old band, I'm doing a lot of like surfy indie stuff, acoustic under my name. And then I have like a producer project called many moons. Um, and it's one word and I've made all these beats and I've worked with all these hip hop artists and all, all of them have live guitar. A lot of them have bass on it. So live instruments. Um, and they still have like that Cali vibe and stuff like that. So I've always told myself, man, I, I you know, People are always like, man, I love your acoustic stuff. It's awesome. But those beats, those beats though. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm, so I've been making these beats. I went back and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the 10 best ones from the last four years and I'm going to master them super cheap on cloudbounce.com. Shout out cloudbounce.com. It's not that great, but it gets the job done. I haven't heard of that um, one. Yeah, it's like 20 bucks a month. It's a little expensive, but it, it's much better than Lander. It's like a billion times better. So I just whipped up those tracks um, as best I could. I use um, I use Splice a lot. Splice uh, is amazing for if you just construct your beat and then you need like a little effects or you want to add a little vocal, um, you know, little uh, sound effects, stuff like that. Yeah, like we just used Splice. that the other day. Yeah, Splice is amazing. So that, um, so used all that kind of stuff, whipped up these beats and then I threw it onto Spotify. And now since I learned from my last release, um, called the breakers are rolling in for my acoustic release, I pitched it to them, but I had released it a couple times and I didn't like the mix. So it had been out like once or twice and I'm always perfecting. I was like perfecting the mix on that track cause I really liked it. And I thought it was mixed really shitty. So I released it and then I took it off and then I finally got it really where I wanted it, where I'm just like, all right, never touching the song again. It's going to be out there. And I, I, I put it out to some playlists or to did the Spotify artist route, claimed my page, did the early release. And they said, Hey, we can't, we can't pitch this to our playlist because it's already been released. And I was like, damn it. 
I was like, oh, you, man. you caught me, you know, like they, they know <laughs> they have the algorithm on like the sounds or some shit. I don't know. But they're like, yeah, we can't do anything with this. This is already previously released. So I was like, all right. So with the beats, I'm like, okay, now I know how it works. It can't be released ever. Um, and also you have to claim your artist name, which was an interesting thing. So this was the first thing I put out under many moons. Um, and so I had to, I put it through DistroKid, went and claimed my artist thing. I actually just did that today. So I went on Spotify for artists. It, it's not recognizing many moons yet. I had mm. to manually go on Spotify, look for it. I found it since it's already distributed, but it comes out on Friday. Um, so I did all that. It said, you know, copy and paste your link here. I copy and pasted my link for many moons to claim the page. So now the next step next week is going to be, you know, pitching. I have one track that I did with a rapper called Chester Watson that I think mm. is pretty, pretty good for like the summer lo-fi type vibe. Um, and I'm going to pitch it. So I'm excited to pitch it. But yeah, as far as um, like just doing all this stuff correctly, you know, claiming your page, pitching it to the Spotify playlist, it's super exciting. And you could get lucky enough to have what you guys had um, happen with Walk Away or any of the other tracks you were talking about. Um, the last thing I was going to say is that, um, oh, so with the breakers, I couldn't push it that way. So they said, hey, we can't we can't do anything with this. So then I went online and I was like, all right, well, what else could I use? So I started looking up playlists and, you know, how can I pitch to playlists? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of playlist push? I have. It's awesome. Like it was like, hey, we're going to charge you three thousand dollars to pitch to all these relevant playlists. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't have three thousand dollars for this. <laughs> But then what I did is I went in and I, I lowered the amount of genres. So it's like, it's like how many genres and what's the relevant genres? And it will just add all of them. So it's going to, they're like, yeah, pay us $5,000. But I'm like, what happens if I go back, see more options, and I just put one or two genres? So I dialed it down and then it was like, all right, 300 bucks and we'll pitch it to 40 playlists. And I'm like, let's do it. You know, let's, yeah, let's see cool. what this is all about. Sounds like a good and deal. Dude, it's been yeah, it's been a game changer. Like like the thing has a thousand um hits and I did it's been about a week or two. Uh it's going throughout the world. I got on a playlist that's pushing in Germany and Italy and London. So um I'm a big fan of playlist push, especially if you you really feel like the song like has some carries some weight. Um I would really recommend playlist push for sure. That's rad. I was wondering about that. I checked it out myself, um, and uh, yeah, we ended up not doing anything because I was reading about because they're kind of picky, right? They're kind of picky with uh, the songs they use. Um, Somewhat. I mean, I think any of your guys' tracks would 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 fit the bill for them because they're going to need you know they need stuff in your genre, absolutely. So. Um, they're picky, like if it's just a shit band and you're starting out and the recording's not that great, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna tell you, hey, like we can't really work with this. Right. Um, but I but I actually don't think that they, looking back on it, I actually don't think that they they monitor that. If you're willing to pay them money, they're gonna take your money. And if it's just not a good song or it's just not recorded well, like you're just not gonna you're gonna pay the money and you're not gonna get added. So, yeah, it's a gamble. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why we did it. I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to pay this just to give somebody money. You should definitely money. do it, man. Like, yeah. I know you guys are already killing it on on Spotify playlists, and and um, and I think it'd be really worth. Like, I would recommend it to anyone. Say, like, if you feel like the song is like Renegade would be great. I'd throw that on there. Um, you know, the the whole Spotify release thing got a little messed up with 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 um the other track coming out, so this would kind of give it another another shot at you know and a lot of the time it's not the spotify playlist but it's the um it's like the bigger curators um but yeah i think i think you guys would crush it on there yeah i may i may give it another go see what see what happens on these new releases um we're working on some new music so we'll see i was doing something like that yeah feeling good about it i was in um i was in nashville a couple days ago uh, working with some guys out there and um, it was a good good time we were, we were uh, writing 
and uh, came out with two really solid songs. Uh, I know that uh, your podcast, Song Thrive, is uh, is about sort of the inner workings of the songwriting process, and yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, you had me on your your podcast a while back. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was awesome to have you. Thanks. Um, so, what is uh, what have you? Have you taken anything away so far with, I mean, you've had some pretty cool guests on your show. Like what, what are some things that, you yeah. made, that you've learned? Yeah. Oh man. If anything, if anything, it's been more of a learning process for me where, you know, um, it's funny because I got a little jaded on one of the episodes, um, an early episode, I, I messed up and I had a person come over to my house as opposed to doing it remote. And I had to to edit the crap out of it because of the room noise and because of a lot of different things. So I got a little jaded and I was kind of like, uh, like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this because it was just the way that I format it. I, I edit a lot of it, which I don't like, um, which I'm getting better at with, with new guests. I'm trying to make it so that there's nothing I have to edit. Right. Um, uh, but then I, but then I put in their songs too, like to, as they're talking about them, um, which has been cool, but yeah, I mean, I learn a lot, like even from our conversation, um, if you go check out our conversation on Song Thrive with Howie, um, at the end, you said something like, you know, hey, you don't, I said, hey, I'm trying to write a song a day, but it's really hard. And sometimes I just get lazy and don't do it. And you were like, you know, hey, you don't need to write a full song. It could be literally a hook. It could be the first, you know, lyric of a verse. Um and that was that was one of the best things I heard on the show so far. Um, but ultimately, it's been really, really awesome to talk to all these different songwriters. Um, and a lot, a lot of the time, I think for Song Thrive, I don't, I'm not really interested in talking with songwriters that write for other people. I'm more interested in talking with songwriters that write for themselves and are also the artists. Um, I think there's, I don't know, I have. I've mixed thoughts about like songwriters, like for other people, just cause I don't know if, and back me up. I don't, I, or let me know your thoughts on this, Howie. Like I, I honestly, sometimes I think that the whole songwriting for other people thing, like it just comes out sometimes ingenuine because it's like, what are people going to like? Let's write that as opposed to like, what am I feeling and what do I want to tell the world? You know? Now for the section where we pay the bills. And now back to the podcast. There is a, a, I don't know, there may be a fine line or a difference or something uh, in the types of writers out there. That there's, you know, there's songwriting teams um, that are in the business of writing songs, and I think, uh, like the two guys I worked with this week, um. One Jeffrey is an artist himself, um, but he but he's more he's probably more on the songwriting tip than his own artist. He's a, he's a great singer, man. He's a white yeah. dude. He sounds like Luther Vandross, like <laughs> insane. Um, but uh, really super nice. Um, but he's he just I don't know. He's got a good. Um, I think what it is like he's more of a pop artist in a way, um, and he has the capability to write in different styles. And I guess he, he goes more for his own self. He, he goes, he goes more to the, the pop side and things like that. R and B kind of stuff, but he can write, you know, a reggae song or a country song or whatever. I think it's almost, it'd be a waste to, uh, you know, if you've got it in you and you're not going to perform it, I think it's like myself, Okay, I would never sing a country song. I would never put out a country song, right? right. I am not a fan of country. You know, this new country stuff is just, I am not a fan. Um, But if if I wrote a country song one day because I was feeling it, and this has happened... I feel like uh, with Callisto last year, we wrote a country song together. And I was like, we wrote a song that later I thought was like, this is a fucking country song. This is not... Like we, someone else needs to perform this. And that's like, I think that is more like, that's how you stay true to it. It's like, well, 
Yeah. I wrote a country song, and hey, this might be a smash, you know, but I can't put this out. Someone else has to put this out, you know. And it's it's For just, sure. uh, I that's, feel like it'd be a true. waste. Yeah, it'd be a waste of talent if there's a great song in you, but you don't want it to see the light of day because you don't want to perform. Because it's not it. you. Because it's not yeah. you. It's not your yeah. style. Yeah, that, yeah. I've I've actually had that before. I wrote a I wrote a song called. Um, can't get enough a long time ago i don't think anyone's heard it because i didn't put it out but uh everyone told me oh that's so catchy so catchy and i was just like i just don't want to get caught singing this song you know? <laughs> like it's just not this is just not me at all um and i've always thought that this is like the only song so i think you're right i think and i when i wrote it i wrote it from a pretty genuine place i would say that it's kind of cliche it's catchy as hell but this, the words are pretty cliche um, but it wasn't like, it felt somewhat genuine to, to kind of how I was feeling too. So yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think, I think I agree with you, you know, songwriters, it, it's an amazing thing. First of all, to be able to get paid to, if that's what you're doing with your life, like that's props, you know, that's amazing. Um, one of the guys I, I interviewed JT Roach, he's an artist, but he's like a bit, he's like working with Matt Kearney and like um slander said the sky like all these different people um and that guy's legit you know he's he's he does exactly what you just said he really writes from his heart and then he'll give songs to people that he just is like eh you know he writes so many songs that some are his and some are just not you know i would love to be able to crank them out like that you know if i was the type of person that that could just crank out songs and no matter what style like um I would be doing the same thing. I'd be like, here, I'd be pitching them, you know? Um, yeah. The, the Jeffrey, the guy I worked with, Jeffrey James uh, and Dan yeah. Weller. Um, I've worked with Jeffrey before. He, he actually wrote the song Roller Coaster, which is on the girls' album. And I just thought it was, you know, I, it got pitched to be my, ma- it got pitched to be, to me by management um, because we had the same manager. And uh, I was like, all right, this is interesting, you know? And they're like, Let me see if you can turn this into like a Howie Ballyhoo song, you know? And I was like, all right, I messed around with it and we made it kind of what it was, sort of kind of reggae, but not, it's like kind of pop, but, um, and it was one of my favorite tracks on the record. Uh, and, and so, and then me and him had a writing session, I think last year, like last spring. Um, and that went over well, it never, the song never came out or anything. It it was a cool thing, but I just didn't feel like it was the right fit. And that's the thing, you know, you, you go and you write songs and there's no, there no, there's no rules, and what comes out comes out. You could definitely get in there and be like, okay, you know, I want to write a song that's like great for summer. You know, you can right, say something right. like that, and you can definitely try. But if it's not coming out, it's not coming out. You may write something completely different. I mean, the song that we wrote was based on last year was based on a, a beat that I had made a couple of years back, and kind of had this melody, and um, I was into it. But then by the time we had written it, and I was I was kind of past it at that time. Like it was more of like a girl's type of release, like kind of song, yeah. like um, that something that would fit on that record maybe, but really more heavy on the production. And at that point I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this anymore. Now we just had a writing session this week. I went to Nashville for a couple of days and That's amazing. Um, yeah. And dude, <laughs> it was just me and Dan and Jeff in, in Jeff's house with the, Pro Tools there and a mic and an acoustic guitar. And I'm telling you, man, it was wild. We just, um, we started talking about stuff. We, it was really neat. It was, it wasn't like people think you don't get in there and go, okay, we start writing. You know, it's like, we literally sat for hours with the acoustic on, you know, in my lap, in Dan's lap, whatever. And just talking, just talking about life and talking about things and just having conversations. And Suddenly it's like, oh, well, you know, okay, so I got this thing I was messing around with. And we started this song based on an idea that I had um, a few weeks back. And I was like, I like where this this feels. I just don't know where to go on the chorus. I had this sort of chord progression and these some of these words and a melody. And and then Jeff's just kind of mumbling to himself. And so he just busts out. He's like foolish why you always gotta do this and like we just it's just big this big fucking hook that just it just took the the chorus is supposed to be like where it goes it kind of explodes right from the verse yeah and that's what happened it just took my verse with his chorus and it just the song starts with this really cool vibe and then the vibe changes but for the better 
And then it comes back to my verse on the second verse, you know, the, the chord progression and that vibe. It's a really neat dynamic. And then cool. by the time the song is over, it's this huge thing where like, it's a big gang vocal sing-along thing. It was just, I don't know. It's about relationships. Awesome. Yeah, we call it California King. And uh, oh, that's awesome. I, I couldn't believe it. And then, so that took it like a day and a half, right, to write that song. And then that night, like uh, Tuesday night, um, I was, uh, we, we were down in, the, in his kitchen like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. We thought we were done. We were like, okay, we're kind of spent. It's been, you know, working your brain and stuff that long for you know, a day and a half, it actually does take a little bit of a toll on you. You just feel exhausted. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so like, we're just sitting there, just messing around, and we're talking about maybe doing another song. We would have liked to come out with two songs. We got one good one, cool, whatever. I was like, well, I'll check this out. I pulled up my, my iPad and I, a voice memo that I had. I was like, listen to this. I had this idea for like a dude waking up after a night of raging and blacking out. He wakes up on the beach and he feels terrible and he does not remember what happened. He's trying to figure it out. And I mentioned he puts on his dark sunglasses because it, you know, the, everything hurts, you know, and he looks terrible. Yeah. So you cover it up with the sunglasses and you feel better and you start to kind of piece it all back together. We all know and, those days. Yeah, man. And so, so, and I had this beat that I just, this really simple beat, like 808 style, really easy. And, uh, and I just played this, this chord progression. It's a very well-known chord progression. So many bands have used it, but it was so simple and it's very easy to write a melody. So I, I showed them this melody and these lyrics that I had. And they're like, that's pretty good, man. Like, play that again. And like, we started going. And then we just looped the beat and I just kept playing guitar. And these guys are just singing whatever comes to their mind, you know, each one of them. And then suddenly it gets to the chorus and, and Jeffrey's like, he, he's like, he's my guy. He just come, he's like, when I put on my dark sunglasses. And it was just like this huge <laughs> explosion. And then like, we just kept going. We're like, well, what do you do? Like, what happens when you're, you know, what does it feel like? And it's like, and I'm like, you're rising from the ashes. Like, you're just, just you're destroyed. And like, you're, you're putting yourself back together because you're hungover. And you know what I mean? Like, after a night of party. Yeah. And you just feel like you put the glasses on, you get up, you start your day. You're like, all right, rising from the ashes. So it was like, dark sunglasses, rising from the ashes. Going to figure out what happened last night. It was just we, and we just talked about it. We're like, what else happens when you're drunk? Like, what do you do? What are the dumb things you do? It's like, oh, threw up behind the Wawa, which is a Wawa is like a, you guys have Wawa in Florida oh, now. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a big thing in the Mid-Atlantic here um, for years. And, uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you throw up behind the Wawa. You leave your phone in someone's car. Like, you you know, you thought you were only going to do happy hour and it turns into something else. You black out. And we just talked about all these things. And the song came together in like three hours. It was insane. That's it. And so we left with two songs, not expecting it. And now it's like, we were going to put out this song, Fighter, but I think now we're going to change gears and put these two out first before summer's out, you know, because it's just the vibe. And then we'll put out Fighter, like, in the fall. But, like, it's just, it's so fun how it happens. I had, like, the best time, you know? And so I didn't think, I never thought I would be open to writing with other people in that way. And I've done it in the past. Greg from Cashed Out, like, I've done it. But it was just a fun time, and there was no... We weren't really butting heads. We were all kind of like-minded and it was, it was, we all understood the greater good. The greater good was the song, you know? So if you throw, if you throw a line out there and it's kind of like, it falls flat, the guys will be like, nah, no, we got, nah, that's not the one. We got to do this. And they'll say the same thing. How about this? And go, nah, I kind of want to keep it like this. And it was just this great coordination, you know? That's cool. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. and you let the energy of all that kind of come through in the song, which is yes. which is pretty sweet. Yes. Yeah, That's people awesome. can, can go to uh, the Bally Hooligans page. If you're not a member of the Bally Hooligans fan page, go, go on Facebook. Go check it out. Get in there. And you can watch us doing all the backup vocals and stuff and just having fun writing this song. It was great. You have it online? Yeah, yeah. I went live oh, the other day awesome. on Instagram, and then I went live on the Facebook uh, Bally Hooligans nice. page. I'll have to I check like, that out. Now yeah, I, I like... I like our fans to see the process. It's just fun for them, I think. And it's fun for me to show them. And, and I think it, instead of being so secretive and like, you know, no one can hear this. I think a part of that is like, you want it to be a surprise and you want people to hear things for the first time when it's done. And, but lately I've been just like, fuck it. Just show them how it, how it works. Show them the thing, show them what goes into it, you know, for sure. and, and how much fun it is to just fuck around and like try things, you know? And absolutely. 
what the final product is, it could be completely different, but it's really neat to see where it goes and how it starts and where it ends. Uh, so I've been doing that lately. It's been great. Oh yeah. I actually watch, I watch when you put those up. I, I, Mm. I find myself watching a good amount, man. Like you're a very good host. You're very uh, entertaining. So (laughs) (laughs) I try, I'd offer coffee if I could, you know? Oh man, yeah. That's why I was excited to hop on the pot, man. Because I always find myself watching the videos and following along. Um, I think a lot of it too is because I'm I'm drawn to like the whole scene that you know I was a part of for a while. Um, just kind of seeing like everything unfold and you know who who's like you know new reggae bands and who's doing what and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. That's great, man. Uh, I feel like the scene has really grown. I mean, I know it's grown. I don't have to feel like it. It's definitely grown. It's a fact. I mean, the whole reggae rock thing, the American reggae. It's funny, too, because now it's still referred to as reggae rock, and some people call it white boy reggae rock, white boy reggae. Um, But it's becoming... A, American reggae is a term now. It's a thing. Yeah, I like that better. I like that a lot. Yeah, me, me too. I think, I, <laughs> I, yeah, like Brandon from Ugly's, like, they got a song called White Boy Reggae and they kind of embraced it. Um, and we used to back in the day in the, in the mid 2000s when yeah. it was sort of happening and kind of realized what we were. Yeah. Like, we were just playing reggae and punk and all these, like, we weren't really, I just liked the way it sounded. So I was writing those songs, you know, and there was really no name. We were just like, I guess it's like a, rock reggae reggae rock punk punk it's a re- hybrid. reggae yeah like we didn't know what to call it it was a fusion you know and uh world music and yeah yeah and so we i thought it was funny to call it white boy reggae you know yeah. to put it on the flyers like that and um we got a few weird looks you know like uh, i remember a, a guy at the show he was a black guy and he came up and he, he's, he looked at the back of our shirt and he, he said white boy reggae and he's just like he just kind of laughed like scoffed at it and just like put the shirt down and walked away. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't the vibe. You know, so it started started <laughs> yeah. to turn a corner. I was like, you know what? And there was another band that we were friends with. They were like a reggae punk band. They're great. Yeah. And they were like, I fucking hate that term. You know, it's just it's so stupid. I kind of hate it too. I hate it too. I always took it as like super derogatory. Like I don't listen to that shit, you know? Like re- yeah. like people would always say like reggae, like gay. Reggae. Yeah, reggae. And I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, what's G-A-Y? the hate? Like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a little demeaning, I guess, if, if you think about it. I think they're, you know, Bumpin' Uglies pulls it off nicely and like the way they I mean, they were yeah, that's kind of cool. But... Just like, just embrace it, you know. Just embrace it, yeah. go for it. Because um, people try to use that as like a, a, and I always feel like those people, you know, listen to like they're so like just they like fine wine and listening to like Segura Rose and like Bon Iver and shit like that. And I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah, cool yeah. too. As I get older, I'm like, I kind of like that stuff too now. Um, but when I was younger, I I hated. Just, I was a hater, bro. I hated everything. I just was like, oh, emo sucks, indie sucks, hipster suck, like all that. And now I'm, I'm 33 now, and I'm like, I kind of like all that shit now. But so um, you were like too hipster for the hipsters. Well, I was too like reggae smoked out <laughs> all the time, you know, like right, like right. a little like a little skater surfer. I mean, your uh, band was called Wait for Green, so yeah, band was called Wait for Green. Which, which act? You know, it's funny. While we're on that topic. So the band name was the worst band name ever, right? We have a lot of people that that really enjoy our album. Um, I don't know. I think I think our band name's tied up with. No, that. your band name is tight because it's it's hard to mess up, right? I mean, at least it's like a <laughs> staple, Ballyhoo. It's not like someone's gonna be like Ballyhoo or Ballyho. Dude, or really... people call no people call us Ballyho, and people call oh, us man. they spell it. They'll either spell it with wanna... one O or they'll spell it with W H O. Like that dude, just deserves a smack in the face. It's like, come on, guys. Like, do your come spelling. on. <laughs> they didn't go to English school. Um, <laughs> but as far as Wait for Green, one of the things you know. So, a funny thing about Wait for Green is that and I was a stoner, right? I, I don't really smoke much weed anymore, but I used to smoke tons of weed. And you know, um, I kind of like when I was coming up with a band name. I actually came up with Wait for Green when I was fifteen. I started writing a bunch of songs and I didn't want to put it under my name. My name is Drew Dockerill and everyone's like, what's your last name? What's your last name? So I was like, all right, well, I don't like, now I actually really like my name and it's kind of cool, but, um, 
so I was like, I need a, I need a name, like a band name. And I was always thinking for some reason, the weight, something with weight sounded cool. Like it sounded like classic to it. So I was like, I've always had that in my mind when I was like 15. I was like the weight, that's kind of cool. And it's funny because weight for green has nothing to do with marijuana. It actually had a bad, (laughs) this is a funny story, had a bad trip on acid. I was a bit, I was into all the psychedelics when I was very young, 15, 16, 17, had a super bad trip on acid. And for anyone that's had a bad trip on acid, it's, it's like life changing, like not in a good way and developed like a panic disorder from it. Um, and like started thinking about death and like, it was insane what happened afterwards. And I lived in Miami and my parents would kind of move around a lot in Miami. So we moved from Coral Gables went out to Kibis Kane. So, so I was living out there when I was 17, 18, end of high school. And I always had panic attacks in my car because it was where I had the bad trip because I was driving my friends around thinking I was a badass on acid the whole night. Um, and I wasn't phased. I was good to go until it hit at like 7 a.m. I had this bad trip. So I'd be driving around and I'd after that, I was having panic attacks while driving. So I'd have to pull over. So I'm on my way out to my parents' house after high school, after school's out. And I drive up to a toll booth. And on the toll booth, it says, wait for green. Uh, uh, pretty much every toll booth says, wait for green. But this one said, wait for green across it. And I felt I was just about to have a panic attack. It was like coming in and I was like, oh, here we go. I have to pull over. And when I saw wait for green, it like hit me between the eyes. Like it was like, it meant, it meant to me like green light, red light is all made up. It's made up in your head, right? It's all these, these, um, rules that are just man-made. And it just reminded me that like everything I was experiencing was in my head and that I could control it. So when I saw wait for green, I was like, what am I waiting for? This is me you know, not to get too deep here, but that, so, so I said, wait for green. I, I thought that's actually a really cool name because it means something to me. So looking back when we started the band in college, we were called Eastwood because we, we formed the band. We were smoking a bunch of pot and we were watching like Unforgiven or something. We we're like Eastwood. <laughs> that's the name. It's a cool name. That and cool I was name. like, this is the shittiest name ever after like a year. <laughs> and then we, we got serious. We added our, our, um, you know, while we were in college, we were just ripping shows. Like we were nasty. Our lineup in college was was really good. Um, and we were like, all right, it's time for like a new name. So we were looking for all these names. And I was like, hey, I came up with this thing in high school that I throw out on all my CDs, Wait for Green, the Wait for Green. And they were like, oh, I like that, I like that. So then we were just like, we took the off of it and we were just like, Wait for Green, that's cool. So that's that's where that name came from. It has nothing to do with weed. But the wow. funny thing about it is that we played, you know, growing up, my favorite bands were Sublime, 311, Incubus, Chili Peppers, um, all the rock that had a little funk and ska and, you know, something extra. Um, so the fact that we played the reggae, I mean, everyone was like, oh, wait for green. Yeah, bro. Like, hit it. Yeah, get the weed. I'm like, God damn it. Like, and then we put, I'll never forget, we opened up for Slightly Stupid. One of my best memories with Wait for Green was uh, Slightly Stupid was coming to FSU and we were blowing up at this time at, on campus. We were like local celebrities on, on the FSU campus. And uh, Slightly Stupid is coming through to, to Floyd's. I'm sure you guys remember Floyd's in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever played there. It's a, that's like the spot, right? Never played there, no. So... So slightly stupid comes through. They're bringing Inner Circle and someone else. I forget who it was. And at that time, we had a relationship with Aaron Pincus from um, from Paradigm out in LA. Big agent. Yeah, and our drummer was really good at business and stuff, which I was so bad at at the time. And he had been hitting Aaron up like, "Hey, get us on this this slightly stupid show," and he's like, "Absolutely not." absolutely not who do you guys think you are like you need to like tour and all this stuff and like we're like okay (laughs) so (laughs) yeah he's such a dick (laughs) shout out Aaron Pinkus you're an asshole um so 
so I, so basically I'm in my Spanish class and everyone's like, Oh, are you going to the show tonight? Are you going to the show tonight? I'm like, no, I don't, it gets sold out. I can't even get tickets. You would think we were killing it at this venue. You'd think like the venue guys would get us in just like, no, it was like totally exclusive. You're not coming. You got to buy tickets. Um, so I'm in my Spanish class at FSU and I get a call at like eight, like eight thirty AM from our drummer. And he's like, Hey, get, start getting your shit ready. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, inner, inner circles bus broke down and whoever else they were with, they broke down and they need us to open direct support for slightly. Damn. And I'm like, look at that. What the fuck? That was probably like my best wait for green music moment was just like, I remember running out of Spanish class, mid class. My teacher's like, where are you going? I like, didn't even say anything. I just ran out, started calling everyone I knew. And the first thing I did was I went, this is so lame. I went home and started rolling blunts with AJ, our bassist. We were like, we're going to roll so many blunts and we're going to smoke with them so hard. And it was so funny because um, we showed up. We were, we were big. We were like fanboys at that point. It was like our favorite band. Um, still, still like definitely great band. Uh, so we show up and we have all the blunts ready and we're like, all right, let's go smoke, guys. And they're like, we don't smoke. <laughs> we're like, what? Are you kidding me? Nah, but it was just Kyle. Kyle Kyle was the main guy who wanted to smoke and he was like, Yeah, let's go smoke. So he, he went and smoked with us and we were all we were all stoked and talked gear and those guys were super nice and um had like one of our best shows. But I'll never forget they were like, Give it up, it's waiting for the green. <laughs> it was like <laughs> gotta get a band new band name. <laughs> That's <laughs> great, never, man. Never did. So it, that's that's awesome we had a uh, nick nick hexham from 311 i've heard him uh, on a few occasions uh shout us out during uh their song come original at the shows oh, yeah. yeah it's pretty oh, cool really? wow. who is coming full range of like yeah <laughs> <Standard> <laughs> that's awesome fuck yeah you know it was awesome first time i ever that's heard awesome. that was uh 2008 i think it was the first night we played with him and i lost my shit you know and then uh, a few years later he That's said it again hilarious. when we were playing with him. Like, ah, nice. <laughs> so 311, 311 is probably growing up was my number one favorite band. Other than Metallica. Oh, right. You know, Metallica was huge when I was like 10. I went to Metallica, saw Metallica when I was 10 years old at Miami Arena, which was life-changing. But then once I started smoking weed, it was like 311, Incubus. Um, but ma- mainly 311 with Grassroots. That album just was killer. I just it was, I was like about to ask, what's your favorite 311 record? Grassroots, Grassroots hands down. Um, Great just, record, man. Just so amazing, yeah. Just like I even like like Nut Symptom. That one took a while to grow on me, but those tracks are just with the crazy guitar and all that kind of stuff. So I we had always been trying to open up for 311. Um, we're like we're like a mini you guys. Like we want to be like you guys. Like let us open up and talking to like the Raspler bros and. They're always like, yeah, you guys got to tour and do more shit. You know, that was always the thing with us. And like, all right. Right. So we never got to open up for 311. I know that you guys have a bunch. Um, but it's funny because for a little bit, I was working in LA. I was working in the marijuana industry. And I got tapped to handle some, some big weight uh, legal operations, but kind of like, hey, like, help us out. So I started doing operations for this company in California and they're like, Hey, like we want you to partner up with a few other companies, see what you can do. So I reached out to a couple different people. Um, and all of a sudden I get a, I get an email and it's like Nick Hexham. He's like, Hey, like I want to talk like business. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, is this the Nick Hexham? I see a black guitar and I'm like, huh? Okay. I think that's <laughs> Nick Hexham. I think that, I don't think there's any other Nick Hexhams. So he's like, yeah, let me call you tomorrow. And so we hopped on the phone. We talked business. And I was like, little do you know, man, like my favorite band. I, I don't think I opened up to him. I never I never told him any any of the truth. But uh, no, but that's yeah. that's a good move, man. Some <laughs> of the other, other people would fangirl like like myself. <laughs> I just I had to hold it together, man. I was just like, uh, but I remember getting like a, a, a voicemail from him at like eight in the morning. I used to sleep in forever and got this voicemail and I was like, Nick, why are you calling me so early? <laughs> it was funny, uh, the trajectory of that that whole thing. He probably has no idea who I am, but um, at this point, but um, 
but yeah, man. So ended up helping them out on a few things. They have a, they have a, um, marijuana line, um, that they do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They got that uplifter pen. I got a couple of those. Yep. They got, they got some projects. I'm surprised you guys don't have any, uh, cannabis or beer stuff in the works. I'm sure you do somewhere. Yeah. 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 We're working on, uh, working on a strain right now. Um, Oh, nice. I'm not sure what, yeah, I'm not sure what's up. There was something that happened with, uh, the crop when the, when the fires happened last year, um, all the crops got damaged and unusable. So they had to start growing again. So we got, uh, you know, delayed, but, uh, already submitted the artwork and everything and hopefully have that out soon. Uh, I hope to have more information for people soon, but we had, do we do a, uh, have a new beer coming out. Uh, we're on our, this will be our, yeah, this will be our third beer. Um, our second with, uh, Oliver Brewing Company, which is out of Baltimore. Um, but it's coming out very soon. We're going to, I know we're going to have it at the shows. I think in a couple weeks, we're going to have it at the local shows here. And, um, they were talking about, there's this new app or not new, but it's called Tavor. And I guess you, it, uh, allows delivery of beer, like craft beer, which I don't know how you get around the legal ramifications of that, but apparently it's a thing. And, uh, Yeah, our fans that. always ask for it. Like, how can I get this to the people that don't live around Maryland? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, hit up the hit up the hit up the website and see if you can get it distributed to you or something. But um, but I'm really hoping they link up with this this app so we can get it to more people around the country. Um, Dude, yeah, we're gonna nice. have information real soon on that. Um, should be announced. Uh, that's sick. Send, send me over some week. beer. I'd love to try out the beer, man. Yeah, we just are our. Yeah, our uh, our Ballyhoo um, Summer Tropical IPA uh, went over Sounds really awesome. well. The can was really pretty, and uh, everybody seemed to really like it. And the the one we did before that with RAR out of Maryland as well, um, we did Pineapple Grenade with them, and that was great. It was really delicious. Uh, so this one is uh, this one is also. We always go for the, like the tropical, you know, fruity type of stuff. This one's going to yeah, be, I think, a little more. Yeah, it's more of a tropical bomb, like fruit bomb, and uh, juicy amazing. IPA. Yeah, those are those are popular. I know. I just talked with G Love on my uh, podcast, and he just he just released a, a juicy IPA as well. Those are those are popular right now. People are. I'm not a huge IPA fan, but if it's like hazy, or if it's like unfiltered or juicy or anything to kind of kill the hops just a little bit. I'm I'm actually a pretty big fan of that, um, and I know that yeah, people the, are kind of requesting that a lot. Yeah, this one's a it's a, it says right on the can, hazy IPA. Nice, yeah, unfiltered. Yeah, so I'm stoked. I can't wait to. Um, I haven't, honestly haven't tried it. I think Scott's tried it. Um, you know, I like to get behind things that taste good. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, it goes well. Um, when are you guys coming down to Florida? Uh, it's looking like November. November. Okay, cool. Well, that's yeah, because link, link up. Yeah, the way the tours are are lined up right now, it's like we're going out. We haven't been in the Pacific Northwest in two years, so we got to hit Seattle okay. and Portland and Boise and all that. So, we're doing that nice. with Pass Fire and Cashed Out, and then we're um, working oh, on we're fun. sewing up the fall tour right now with some bands. So, should have all that info as well soon. Um, so uh, that's a great spot. People can listen. People can listen to the song, the Song Thrive podcast uh, wherever they listen to podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as far as as far as what what uh what I'm up to, the song Thrive is um is up on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much all the streaming platforms. Definitely plan on having more um guests very shortly. Um and then other than that, just uh, you know, the breakers are rolling in. That's the single that I just released under my name, Drew Dockerill. And then this Friday coming up, I got the Many Moons um, instrumental album coming out on all streaming platforms. So, yeah, pretty excited. Rad. I'm working. Send yeah. me a send me a, a link to the music, and I'll, I'll post it on the caption. Awesome, awesome. That sounds great, dude. Thanks so much for having me, Howie. It's it's been a pleasure, dude. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for chasing me down. I know it's been like hard to lock this down. We finally got to do it, so I oh, appreciate no, it's, it. I don't know. It's cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll link when you come to Florida. Do you plan on coming down to, uh, South Florida? I hope so, man. We, we, we love it down there. Like West Palm is, is great. And, uh, Fort Lauderdale, you know, 
Um, yeah. Always, always cool. fun times. Florida's just the jam, you know? Awesome, man. We'd love to have you over and uh, maybe we'll get a little songwriting session in. That could be really cool. You got me all amped I'm up da- now. <laughs> I'm down, dude. I'm telling you, they're fun. And it doesn't that matter what. really j- fun. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Whatever you want to just just write something, you know. That's how Absolutely. that that's how that song started. The one I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. Um, when I when I the thing I told you last time was, you know, just write anything down. You know, record anything because it can be the seed for something to come later. Um, don't feel like you have to write a song every day, and that's exactly what happened. I wrote this thing like a couple months ago. I put it on Instagram. Like, what do you guys think of this? And I was just kind of jamming it. And they were like, "This is great." And I didn't think about it. And then the other night, I brought it up, and it turned into this full-fledged song with these other guys, and it turned out really fucking rad. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Just put it all down. Put it all out there. Yep. Yeah, the, one one of the last thing I'll say is the JT Roach. Um, he had he had something really good to say. It's funny because at the end, I always ask him, "What's your advice for the songwriters and all this stuff?" And yours was definitely maybe the best one. Um, and then JT Roach's was good too. It was like basically just 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 write the shit. You know, let the shit come out of you. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's your advice? Yeah, he's, like, he's like, let shitty God. songs come out and like commit to them and write them. So like, fucking true. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, hopefully we, we don't write, you know, many of them, but I mean, I think that's true. Just kind of letting it flow and then, um, and then you'll get a, you'll get a renegade and you'll get a, you know, a walk away, um, every now and then they come through. So, um, if you write enough, if you constantly write. Yeah, they're that those great songs are coming down the pipeline. You just got to make room. You got to get rid of the ones like your boy said, the shit and get it all out. And you just never know what's going to come of it. You know? Yep. Yep. Exactly, man. Awesome. Howie. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk soon. Drew, talk to you soon, man. Everybody check out the Song Thrive podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Bye. All right, all right. Drew Dockerill, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Everybody go listen to uh, the Song Thrive podcast. Song Thrive, it's all one word. Very interesting. Find out about the inner workings of the songwriting process with special guests like G-Love, myself, and more. I think I was episode five, that's what it was. Uh, Check out the link to his podcast and his music right here in the description for the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, if you haven't jumped on the, the Bally Hooligans uh, fan page yet at Facebook, get on that if you're a big fan of the band. Lots of cool people there hanging out, talking, sharing stories, um, sharing pictures and experiences and uh, setting up little meetups before the shows and stuff. Um, really nice little community we, we got set up there. Super positive. Uh, HowieSpangler.com for all the other information and then in the uh, the podcast merch Howie Spangler at Instagram Howie Spangler at Twitter hit me up let me know what's going on in your life word everybody have a great week we'll talk to you soon this is Tales from the Green Room baby